Okay, we love Leanne Tui. BFFs, you are in for a big treat. She is fun. She is fearless. She is real. When I say Leanne Tui is inspiring, I mean that literally. Her God-inspired action led to her family adopting a teenage boy, and their story inspired the 2010 hit movie The Blind Side. Sandra Bullock even won an Oscar for her rousing portrayal of the precious person that Leanne is. In some ways, Leanne seems larger than life, but she's also very down-to-earth. She is unapologetic about her Christian faith, about loving those around her, and being herself. Leanne's a wife, mother, grandmother, interior designer, author, and motivational speaker. Her no-nonsense attitude cuts through the noise to bring us clarity and urgency on what is truly important in life. BFF Heather and I are bubbling with excitement and so honored to share with you our conversation with Leanne Tui. y'all today we are well we're happy to be here with you today leanne yeah welcome well, thank you so much welcome to the life coach bff podcast we cannot tell you how excited we are about this and we're well, just so excited thankful. to be here i am susan and i'm heather and we see you a good bit in florida leanne are you please tell us that you're in sunny florida right now <laughs> yeah, I am. It's 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 about eighty percent pandemic driven. We we quarantined down here and then started projects down here, and are trying to wrap those up. So as much as I miss our other footprints, we have been spending an inordinate amount of time down here. But I'm not complaining because it's sunny and seventy five degrees today. Right. Well, I have to tell you this, Leanne. This is so funny. So I follow you as from time to time, as much as I can possibly get on social media and scroll and you posted, and I don't know if it was in your feed or in your stories, but your husband had fallen asleep on the beach and you put a sign on him and you said, I think you were going for a walk and you left a sign and it was the cutest thing. Do you remember what that said? I don't remember if it said do not disturb or taken or I, I can't remember, but I always like to, to aggravate him after 39 years of marriage when I can aggravate him just a little bit, I take that opportunity. So that was the cutest thing ever. That was so cute. Well, I'm going to tell you what we love about you, Leanne, is uh, we hashtag most everything be real, be you. And Susan and I just started podcasting about right at 11 or 12 months ago, I guess. And we really appreciate women who are their authentic selves like you are. And do you ever feel like you're pressured to be otherwise? Because I, I feel like as women, there are so many expectations and especially, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like you maintain just being your true self across the board. Well, thank you. I do honestly feel like that that's just what I have to do and who I am. I was raised by two very strong parents. My father was retired military, then a police officer, then a United States Marshal. And he always was very respectful and 
of everyone, regardless of who or where or what or when. And my mother was very much the same. She always raised me to be kind and respectful to other people first, but always be true to yourself and do not fall into lines. I was always raised with, there is always an option and it's always about choices and to make the, the choice that is like most appropriate for who I am, where my feet are planted, what I'm doing, what I think, what I believe. So while there's a lot of craziness, not a lot, there is a ton of craziness going on in this world right now. And there are so many people that have an opinion and they think if they talk louder, it makes them right. Or if it's not their opinion, then there's no other option. And that's just not who I am, what I believe, how I think. It's not how we've raised our children to think. And you, you know, you have to do what is best for you, for your family, for where you are at that snapshot in time. And that's just kind of who I am and, and what I believe. And if it offends other people, you know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't ask you to play in my sandbox. I, you know, I'm, I've got to do what I think is the best for me and, and for my family. And that's just kind of how we roll. I love that. I was, um, I was so struck by the, um, hearing you talk about that instant when you turned around to pick up Michael and you even wrote a book about that. And is it your parents that that you inherited that from that you're because you're incredibly just fearless and decisive and I just what has that always been a part of you or did they um kind of nurture you in that that fearlessness to just do like you said do what you truly believe well I had a maternal grandmother that was very instrumental in who I am, part of my fiber of my being, and my mother as well, and my dad. I was I was a daddy's girl, but they always raised me to be the one person, the one thing you should be always fearful of is the Lord, and I think that that is who I am most fearful of, and outside of that, I believe that he has sovereign control over my life, and that the things that happen in it are not a surprise to him, and he guides and directs all of my footsteps, so with that, I find a great deal of comfort and peace. I, I think if I didn't have, I don't know how people get up in the morning, put their feet on the floor without having that comfort and peace. And so that, you know, that is a little bit of, of my DNA in that I'm very fearful. I'm fearful of God. And I, outside of that, I know that he has given me an innate ability and a mind to make decisions and to make choices and just, you know, to decide what is going as long as I follow scripture the guidelines and and that's what you know we try to do it's like I said a minute ago we we we, I don't think that we're necessarily put here on this earth for ourselves we believe in our family that you're put on you know this earth to serve others and so that's that's kind of the, the turnaround theory it was just wasn't even a question it's you know we were driving by a young man and I mean it it was there were people before Michael there's been a multitude of people after Michael we just think that you need to be very cognizant of what's around you. And so here we were driving down the road and here was a young man that was in a place he shouldn't have been at an inappropriate time, inappropriately dressed for the weather. Kind of as a mother, you just, you looked at it and you went, mm, what, you know, you just know innately there's something not right about this. And we see these things every day and we just choose to not pay attention to them. And we all wear reminder bands, our family does, that say turn around because it reminds us every day that we do need to turn around. We do need to pause and look to our left and look to our right because you don't have to 
search high and low to find someone in need or to see something that you should plug yourself into. They're usually right under our nose and we just choose not to get involved with them. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I'll tell you, Leanne, this is so funny. I think we both came We're we're both, um, we think the same because I always laugh and say, that there are two places that I don't ever want to be and those are jail and hell and whatever I have to do to stay out of those I'm going to I'm right there with you that was one of my grandmother's favorite sayings <laughs> so I've heard that many many times in my life and, I, and I'm a big I probably should put it on a t-shirt but I think it's a, it's a fabulous quote and it's the truth so I'm with you it's the truth. So Memphis, I want to talk about Memphis because I moved to Memphis a few years ago from Mississippi and I'm a little late to the party, but I, I'll tell you, I love it. I love Memphis. First of all, I absolutely love the people here. I love the spirit of Memphis and you and your family have stayed very loyal to the people in Memphis and supporting the community. That's what I have learned since I moved here. You could live anywhere in the world, but you choose to stay for the most part in Memphis. What keeps you planted here? You know, I told Sean when we got married, I said, well, you do have two. He was giving me all these options of where we could move. We can go to here and he got into law school and he got drafted in the NBA and he got offered this job and I said well here's your two options you can move to North Memphis or South Memphis I don't care which one you pick but I'm giving you at least an option I'm giving you a choice and so we are very um, huge huge Memphians and will always be Memphians and I'm like you it's there is just something about the heart and soul of Memphis that I love I love the people there I do the people are passionate I think that Memphis gets it. I think we're light years ahead of people in believing in equality and that it doesn't matter you know, where you work or what you do or the color of your skin or what kind of car you drive or any of the above boxes you want to check. But we, you know, we, we really do believe that people are equal and it's just a, it's a great city. I love everything about it. And do we have work to do? Yes. But you know, there's work to do everywhere. There's work to do in your own side of your own house. So do I think that we should continue on the path we're doing and continue to make a difference and make sure that things are happening? Absolutely. But I think we've come so, so far and I'm always proud of Memphis and, and always proud to be from Memphis and tell people that I'm from Memphis. Well, the, Memphis is proud of you, Leanne, and my children go to a school that you've been associated with in the past, and I, I love their loyalty to you and how excited they get about your family. That's been a lot of fun for my family to witness in person, not just you know through the movie 10 years ago, so that's been great. You mentioned your husband, and Susan and I, we spend a lot of time laughing about things that happen within our family. Susan's been married for how long, Susan? 30 years. 30 years. I've been married for almost 26. So how how do you maintain a, a successful marriage? Like how have you gotten from A to C? Because we all know that there's a lot that happens in between. Like what do you feel like is the true key? Well, I tell people all the time, we work at everything. We work at our education. We work at our jobs. We work at raising children. We work at philanthropic events. We, we do all 
kinds of things every single day to grind. And, and, and as my family says, you put time in the gym. And I think so many times that couples don't do the same with their marriage and it takes the same exact kind of commitment. Your marriage takes the same kind of commitment that anything else does. It requires a lot of hard work. There's nothing easy about a marriage, but it, if you work at it and every single day you spend time working at it, then most of the people that do that have very successful marriages. And Sean and I spend a lot of time together. Uh, we've never been big proponents of taking, you know, of course we do the occasional, the girls trips over the years and that type of thing. But for the most part, he doesn't really like to go any, on any big trip without me and vice versa. I don't like to do, you know, something like that without him. So we carve out time for each, especially when the kids were younger. And especially when Michael came to live with us, it certainly everything just, it was just like fruit basket turnover. And so it took all hands on deck and, but we continue to make sure that we spent time with each other. And a lot of times it might be midnight, but we would always sit down and say, how was your day? What did you do today? What can I do for you? And, and you have to work at that because it's just not going to happen itself. It's just not going to like the fairy godmother's not going <laughs> to sprinkle fairy dust over your head and you're going to have this wonderful marriage. And it, it, if, if you think that you're fooling yourself because you're dead wrong and, and it, you absolutely have to spend time together and you have to work at it and nurture it and develop it just like anything else. Well, I agree, but I'll, I'll tell you what I really, really admire about both of you, and you're very public about this in social media. I love that you both can laugh at yourselves and laugh at each other because I think it's so important now. I've just, even I've seen this with our kids. I mean, people don't laugh at themselves like they used to. People just take themselves so, so seriously. And that I think it's important to be able to laugh together and and with each other and at each other and at ourselves oh my gosh you, uh, you nothing could be true where everyone takes themselves so serious like uh, seriously right now I'm like what is going <laughs> on because it's just that's not how it's intended to be and we do we laugh at each other we all do goofy things and I, I tease with him and he teased with me and I you know, I know that he's teasing with me and vice versa and it's just you if you can't laugh at yourself who can you laugh at so we we all are flawed there's no one perfect and I what I try to put out there on Instagram is that I want people to know that that this is reality here reality is not rolling over with a fixed face and everything you know being all perfect and the kids all dress no I mean we we <laughs> We, it, that's just not how it is. And if you follow those kind of people and you're trying to emulate that, I'm like, no wonder you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And because that's not going to be how it is. And it is just a, it's a, our, I say a lot of times we are just one tent shy of a full circus in this house. So <laughs> it, is a, it is crazy, crazy. That's how we both feel. Yeah, that, that's how it is here. And I just want to tell you that you are a hero to me and it may be about something that you probably can't guess but I hate to cook and when I heard <laughs> that you hate to cook 
I felt so affirmed. How in the world do you keep your hubby happy not cooking? I need to know the secret. I cannot stand to cook. I've never liked it. And the thing that's so crazy is I come from this long line of amazing cooks. I mean, I have family in North Carolina that they, one of my cousins, first cousins has written numerous cookbooks and she owns this well-known like gourmet grocery store boutique shop. I don't know what's all rolled in one. And they all cook my mother and my aunts and my grandmothers. They can and pickle and cook. And my brother, I have one sibling, a brother, he lives in Memphis as well. And he has been here this week. He has has one of his sons and several of his friends all in for spring break. And it's been so great because every morning, like at 830, he's in there cooking this gourmet breakfast. And I, Sean looked at me the other morning and goes, I should have married your brother. And I said, yeah, you should have. <laughs> and, you know, so they all like to cook and I hate it. I hate, I hate everything about it. I think that to, to cook for four hours and people run in there and eat it in 10 minutes, it's gone. I'm like, oh no, we're all going to make pictures of it. We're going to look at it. We're going to smell of it. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, I, we really, for the longest we would just we ate out a ton and it it, I, it didn't really nest you know constitute something fancy we would just eat out a lot and then we got to where my mom would my dad passed away very young and my mom would say okay I'm going to cook on Tuesday and Thursday nights and I'd go okay those are my nights and those are considered home-cooked meals because my mom is doing them so you're getting a home-cooked meal two nights a week so it just, it's, we've managed to make it. We, you know, we haven't made, we're not foodies and food has not necessarily been a priority, but uh, it's just, and now we've gotten to a point where we go to these places that have, you know, healthy food in a case and you buy it and I'll go buy, you know, dinner for five nights and pull it out and put it in the microwave and act like it's a home cooked meal. So <laughs> we, we, we get by, we get by and it, it, it's, it's, that's kind of, always been a little bit of a, a fascinating thing to people that I mean I hate it best people that know everyone in my family and how much that they all like to cook and how much <coughs> we do around a dinner table and we do a lot around the table we just don't cook around it you know we play games and do homework and all kind of things there's just not a lot of food activity happening on our kitchen table <laughs> well I don't understand why we have to eat three meals a day anyway I mean why <laughs> Oh. constantly hungry why did God make us that way I'm gonna ask when I get to heaven I know it no kidding that's <laughs> the truth a lot of time spent on that I, a lot of waste of time I say cooking is a long run for a short slide that's one of my mottos so I like that friends we're going to take a quick break and then we will get right back to our conversation with Miss Leanne Tui. the weather is warming up and the real estate market is hot if you're interested in buying or selling, right now is the time. Call me, Shauna Hearn, Keller Williams Realty, 901-849-3848. I was raised in the Mid-South, and I care about our community. I would love to help you find the perfect home. I have just got, I've got to ask you about this. When I was thinking about what I, what I wanted to ask you, I was watching an interview that you did and it was you and Sean, and there you were in Central Park with George Stephanopoulos. He asked you if your life had changed, and you said that was just the dumbest question, and I fell out laughing because, of course, your life had changed, but I was just sitting there thinking, what in the world would I do in that situation, 
And what was, what was going through your mind when you suddenly went from living your life to, woo, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood, this is post post blind side. What was that like? Well, you know, I don't think we, there's so many things in life that happens and they're unexpected and we manage to get through them. And we, when they're over, you look back and go, how did I do that? But we did it. And we've all done that. I mean, this is not something that's just indigenous to our family. I don't care what it is, whether, you know, you find out that you're uh, someone in your family or a dear friend has got terminal cancer or whatever the situation might be. And you look at it and you go, I I will never, I can't get through this. I can't do this today, Lord. What do I do? There's a lot of mornings I've covered my head up and I said, I'm not getting up today. I'm not sure what you have planned but I just can't do it. And then you have that little inner nagging, the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, that said, get up, you know, you can do this. And you do, you get up and you get through the day and you get through the week. And then all of a sudden you've gotten through the month. And then you look back and you're like five years later and you go, wow, I, I did get through it. And it was kind of the same thing. I mean, we never expected that. We were like the Beverly Hillbillies when they said that the movie was up for best picture and the Sandra book was up for best actress. And they said, you've got to come to the Academy Awards. You got to do the Oscars. I was like, oh yeah, we're not doing that. And then Sandra book was like, well, if they're not going, I'm not going. And everybody was like, whoa, whoa. Now everybody needs to pump the brakes. You know? And I'm like, we would be like a fish out of water. And we were like a fish out of water. And it, but it, you know what, they were kind and gracious and loving. And if they weren't, I basically said, don't be an asshole because you're being an asshole. And they'd go, oh, wow. She just said we were being an asshole. So, I mean, I, you know, I just don't have uh, appreciation (laughs) for anyone that doesn't treat everybody equally. And, and, and I think Sandy and them told people that early on, and they said, she will call you out because she doesn't really care who you are, what you've done. You put your pants on just like everybody else. And she's going to tell you that. So I think there was a little bit of fear factor out there with me that I got asked to do and to still do events out there for different things, whatever it might be. And I've stood there before and just waited for everybody to quit talking. And these are people that don't usually quit talking. And I said, you know, my time is just as valuable as yours. And when you want to shut your mouth, I'll tell you why they've asked me to come here. And so it's, we've had some, we've had some very interesting moments, but it it seems we've all uh, still are still holding hands and singing Kumbaya and it all seems to be fine, but that, you know, I just, I don't have a a great need to be around people that have a high opinion of themselves. And I just don't, I don't get it, but because it's, I, I just soon be with, you know, two dogs and a cat. So it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't get that, but our experience has been nothing but good. And everyone that we were associated with have been great people good parents philanthropic I mean we I don't know how we landed on good people in Hollywood but we did from the director to the producer to the people that were in the movie we didn't have anything to do with the movie we didn't make any money off the movie it's so if people go all the time get communication oh this happened in my life and I want to get a movie made about it or they've asked me about getting a movie made about it can you give me direction and I wish I could but I can't because we didn't have anything to do with that at all So I couldn't even begin to tell someone the process because we just are mesmerized by the whole thing. It was, it was, it was God driven and his hand was in it. And it went from a newspaper article to a book, to a movie and an inordinate amount of 
time just very quickly and that's unusual it's never happened hadn't happened again and so there's just nothing you can say except that this was a story that God wanted told for whatever reasons one day we'll have to ask him but but for the fact that we were landed on good people in Hollywood we weren't surprised because we the way that the whole situation went if, if that's the way it was going to went you, you you know roll you knew that God had his hand on it it was in control wow yeah. Well, I have to say that we are an adoption family. So we have four children, Leanne, and I always say that two are adopted and I forget which two. And so I have really followed adoption over the course of the last 12 years, I guess. And so I noticed, and especially in the media, I noticed that Sandra Bullock did adopt at some point after the blind side, am I correct? Well, she had, she had been in the process of, of adoption prior to her being asked to have a discussion about playing me in the movie. She had already okay. started that process. She did get Louie r- literally right before the Oscars, which was so exciting for everyone. Just, it was all such a happy time. And then Layla, she adopted several years later. The both of those precious ones are out of the New Orleans area. And she feels like you do and like I do that, you know, kids grow in your heart, not in your stomach. And, you know, a lot of people can birth a kid. That's the easy part. It's the day that they come out moving forward that it's difficult. And the parenting part is what makes, I think, um, a relationship between children and adults. So I have the utmost respect for, for her because she's done a great job with, with Louie and Layla and making their lives very, very normal. And she has been a wonderful parent. But it's a, adoption is an amazing thing. And I'm like you. I mean, if it, I, I, I don't, I mean, both of my biological kids will tell anyone, oh, she loves Michael more than she loves us. <laughs> That's so funny, Liam, because one of my children reported to the other three that um, they were our favorite child. Mm-hmm. So that happened with one of them. And then another one told one of the biological children one day, he said, can you believe that mom and dad adopted all of us? So he <laughs> thought yeah. that everybody yeah. was. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the and that's way you want it to be. It's exactly how you want it to be because there is there is no difference. I mean, when Sean's uh, sister passed away very young of colon cancer in her like forty nine, his sister his father died very young of colon cancer at like forty nine. So we have that predisposition um, for him and our children that that could be a potential danger in the future. So they've done lots of colonoscopies and genetic testing and everything. And at one point, Michael said, you know, I probably should get tested for that too. And I said, absolutely, you should. Absolutely. But I love it when the kids don't differentiate from biological and adopted and there, because there really isn't any differentiation in it. And there are so many kids that need loving families that I could talk for hours and hours about it, but it is a, the needs are great. And we, we need people to open their hearts and their homes to some of these kids because these kids did not ask to be in this situation and they're aging out of foster care at a rapid rate and they age out with nowhere to go with nothing to do and no structure, no safety net, no support, no anything. And then 
people are so perplexed and confused when they turn to drugs and prostitution and robbery and anything else. And I, I want to look at them and go, how did you think they were going to survive? They, they have no survival means. They read on a sixth grade level. It just, <clears throat> uh, just uh, blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on and on and on and on. It's just, it's, it's just every statistic that you can think of that's not good. And so, I, you know, I, I, I wish that we could to do blink our eyes or twitch our nose or do something. And, and that would be the one thing that I would love to, to do is to put the 400 and something thousand kids in this country that are in foster care and loving homes. And to me, that would be, it's, it's, it's a doable thing. And I, I just wish we would focus on things like that that are important instead of the, some of the things that this country chooses to focus on. I agree. And I always say that if every family would support adoption in some way, I know that not every family is called to adopt, but support adoption in some way, it would completely change the world. Well, it would. And that's why I post a child every Friday on my Instagram and we call it Forever Family Friday. And I used to do it just in the month of November. I'd post a child every day in November And then I thought, well, we're only getting 30 kids an opportunity to have a forever family. So we, and also needed, I felt like to spread it out because when I would do it in November, the first 10 or 12 days, everybody'd be real excited about it. And they would repost them and like them and talk about them. And then it would, as the month, the day, you know, the days would go on into the month, it would be less and less. And I just felt like the kids at the end didn't get the same kind of attention. So we're now I'm doing a child every Friday and that child is ready to be adopted. I mean, all someone has to do is say, yes, we have vetted uh, it. I mean, they are ready to be adopted. And it's amazing to me. We're almost back in the same boat. You know, we started out really strong with 10, 12, you know, weeks ago. And because what happens if, if I could just get people to go and like the post, it gets the algorithm up. Then that means more people are going to see that child. So I try to tell people, you know, even it's like you just said, you may not be the person that is interested in adoption, but if you could just tell one person about this kid, or you could get five of your friends to go to the Instagram and like the post, or you could put them on your prayer group at your church or tell your tennis group about it or your bunco group about it or your next door neighbor or the person at the water cooler at your office, just tell one person about this you never know what might spark an interest in someone to be the one that either knows somebody or is interested in adoption. And I mean, older kids are great. I mean, they're potty trained. They sleep through the night. I'm telling you, it's a much better gig. I I cannot stress that enough. It really, really is. And, you know, we just need people to participate in this. And I just think if you could be a part of a kid finding a forever family and we're having a success. I mean, this year, last year, we had about an 18% success rate of adoption. I think the percentage is up this year. Every child we have posted has had someone that has inquired about them and requested a home study. Now we've already matched two. So we're very excited about that. But it's working, but it's taking everyone. And it's, we can't, I can't do this. My family can't do it by ourselves. It takes everybody to get involved. So people go, oh, well, I don't know how I could do this. Or I don't know how I could help. Or I don't think I can make a difference. Yeah, you can. You can just pick your little index finger up and like the, the Instagram <laughs> post. And that in itself will help. 
Well, we can do that on Fridays, Leanne. Life yeah. Coach BFF Instagram can definitely do that. And I'm well, so glad. Be I'm so glad to hear you say that there's other things you can do besides um, like fostering or adopting a foster child. Because I, I tell you, recently, it's funny that we're talking about this because recently, every time something comes up about it, I feel this little inner something inside that that's like you know what about that would you you know what, what about you know adopt you know foster like adopting an older child and I, mine are I have 19 year old triplets and a 22 year old and when I say I have run out of parenting steam I'm like struggling to get the 19s like through college so I'm like I don't know that I should start over but I was um you know, your foundation making it happen, which is what you're talking about, these pictures every Friday, you have a, just a long list of organizations that sort of partner with that. And I was so glad to know that there's something that I, maybe that I can do, even if I might, my husband would probably go, oh, absolutely not. We, we, we're not ready to start over again with adoption because we're almost 60, but, um, I, I think it's great that there's, I feel hopeful that there's something that I can do, even if it's not, if it's not that. Yes, there is, people think it's a daunting you know, task, like, oh, okay. But first of all, just going to my Instagram and writing the child's name down that week and praying for that child all week, that is a game changer right there. If we could get so many people to lift these kids up in prayers, God will open doors. And then on our foundation website we have either i've spoken to those groups we have vetted every one of those groups and we know that those groups are making a difference and moving the needle and there are so many things that you, there's a you, we have youth villages in memphis it is a wonderful organization if people palmer home i mean I, there's so many organizations that are just around the memphis area that you could plug yourself into even if it's just volunteering one hour a week of your time, what, no matter whether it's uh, mentoring, helping a, them with homework or reading or just taking long walks and listening. There, there's a lot of options. If, if you can't write a check, which is great, there are things that you, that you can do. And so people don't need to look at it and go, oh, there's not, there's, uh, there's not, I can't do it. There's not, I can't get involved with that. Uh, it's just too much. It's really not. There is something that everyone can do. And we got our kids involved at very young ages and they've still been involved with doing things and mentoring and hanging out with, playing basketball with, whatever the scenario is. And, you know, kids need to learn that they, that you're never too young or old to make a difference. And so somehow plug your family in you could make it a, a family, I don't want to use the word activity because that's not necessarily what it is, but a meaningful, you can have very meaningful, teachable moments with your kids when you get them involved and are helping them learn to be givers. I mean, kids just aren't going to pick that up on their themselves. And these foster kids are so, so, so valuable and amazing. They're our next generation. They're our future. And we're losing out at a rapid rate. And we just need people to get in involved and, and somehow plug yourself in and like I said it can be very simple as from liking the post praying for them 
to picking up the phone and calling and saying, what can I do? They may say, oh, we need you to come help do laundry. We need you to come. Okay, great. I can do that. There's, you would just be surprised at how simple some of the needs are that would be so easy for you to give and what you would be giving is your time. I can, I can do that. I can definitely do that. Okay, Leanne, I know you're busy. Susan has some pressing, very important questions for you that we feel like all women will want to know. Are you up for the challenge? Sure. Okay, Susan. <laughs> okay. You are, we're basically the same age and you look 10 years younger than I do. So <laughs> we want to know what, what's your skincare, your favorite skincare product, your skincare routine? What are you oh, doing? Oh, you know, I'm telling you, I wish that I had a routine to tell you, but I kind of believe that one, that skin is genetic. My mom had great skin and I feel very fortunate that I inherited that from her. I don't really do a lot other than keep my face clean. And I do, I'm a big proponent. Like she always said, don't you ever go to bed with your makeup on. And it's so funny because like in high school and stuff, she used Meryl Norman and got me on just this gross, greasy. And I used it all through college, like to take my makeup off with. It was in this pink jar. I, I think it's, it's called cleansing cream and they still make it. And I used it forever. And Sean just would hate it. He'd go, oh, that stuff stinks and it's greasy. And I don't know if using that all the years made the wrinkles less because it was so greasy. I have no clue. But I just literally in uh, June the 20th or 30th uh, had my very first Botox so I, ha I, I had an appointment in North Carolina and to, for a medical appointment. And this person told me I was in my 60th <coughs> birthday was in August. And I had right, you know, last August I turned 60 and I said, all right, I'm going to go get, by the, I'm going to have my first Botox at 60. And I thought, well, here I am. We're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm over this appointment and this person can do it. And so that was my, I've had, I've done that one you know, one Botox and I liked it and, I, and I'm sure I'll do it again. I just haven't had the opportunity to do it again, but I, 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 I get up in the morning and I wash my face and I use Ovalay cleansing cloth. And then I use a SkinCeutical moisturizer and I use the same one morning and night. And I kind of do the same thing. I use that little Olay cloth that you put water on and it soaps up to wash with. And then I use that moisturizer. And I do, the one thing that I do do I've never had a chemical pill I'm, I'm a big chicken I've never done any of that I think I need to but I haven't but I do get a nice facial about once every two weeks I try to do it once a week but with my schedule it doesn't happen and so during the pandemic I would I went to like Walgreens and bought all this stuff and every night I'd walk out with like a mask on or a scrub and Sean was like what are you doing <laughs> I never do that at home I was like I don't know I'm just trying to play like I'm an esthetician I just bought all this stuff and you know I'm, I'm playing I'm playing a home spa and so I, I did you know just for fun and I was like wow this is this is crazy I just bought all kind of stuff and, and played with it it all came from Walgreens but now that things have opened up a little bit, I have started trying to go back and get nice basic facials. But I don't know. I appreciate you saying that. I, I wish I had like this regiment to tell you that I did of these nine, nine products I used. I don't. I don't use eye cream. I should probably be doing all of that at this point. But I don't do it. I, I, it's, it's very basic. I just don't. I, ha, I carry like 
my moisturizer and my face wipes and wherever I go. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. So anywho, I don't know, but you're sweet for saying that. <laughs> well, I love that. It, it sounds doable to me because I, <laughs> I, um, I sometimes don't go to bed without washing my face. So I'm right at the bottom of the barrel with that. No, but, you need to do that. That is so, <laughs> look, I go to some of my friend's house. I look on their bathroom counters and they'll have like 30 bottles. I'm like, that's scary. I mean, how do you, I have to have like yellow sticky notes on which to use when and in what order. I just couldn't, I can't do that. I mean, I, I, I'm a fast twitch, uh, keep it simple, stupid kind of person. So I, I could not do a lot of that, you know, multiple things like that. I would definitely be messing that up and it could be a scary ending. So <laughs> well, I have the 30 products. I just don't use them all. Oh, I can't remember what to do with them. With our five fit fun boxes, Liam, we get all the products. Oh yeah, Collins does that. That's way too much for me. No, no. <laughs> okay, so how about this? Because when I'm walking out the door, I always check to make sure I have certain items. What are three items that you make sure that you never leave the house without that are in your bag before you walk out the door? sunglasses cell phone and sunscreen boom <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean i i i just immediately that's what comes to my head just right off the top but that i mean i never walk out the door without making sure i have a little brush on sunscreen and i, I have about five of them and i have one in my car i have one in my purse i have one at the back door and I, it, I just pop the top off and brush it all over my face real quick and i always have to have my sunglasses and, and, you know, unfortunately, I think we're all addicted to our cell phones, but those are the three things that uh, I don't think I'm going to go out of the house with. And it used to be lipstick, but clearly we don't need that anymore. <laughs> math, so I no longer make lipstick a priority. Leanne, this has been so much fun. You are now officially a BFF. And when you head out my way... I'm kind of a little bit out in the country. I would love for you to come and sit on the porch and visit with me sometime. Well, I would love that. I thank you for uh, extending that invitation and don't think I won't take you. I tell people don't make offers that you can't follow through with because you just never know when I might show up. Well, pop up anytime, anytime. <laughs> I would absolutely love it. And we are just, we can't thank you enough for this time with you, Leanne. Well, thank y'all for having me and thank you for what you're doing. And uh, I think as women, if we keep lifting each other up, that's the greatest thing that, that we can do. So we're all in this together and it, and it takes the, the village. So I think that we need to, to keep on and, and keep making uh, each other smile and making sure that our crowns are all straight and together. I think we can do great things. We agree. We agree. Thank you so much for being with us, for talking with us, for inspiring us. We appreciate it so much. Thanks, ladies. See you soon. This is Kim Dennison with Dennison Travel. Dennison Travel is a boutique travel advisory, and we specialize in custom-making itineraries that are designed just for you. We handle each detail, big and small, so that you can sit back, immerse yourself in the experience, and enjoy the journey. When you're ready to travel again, we're here for you. So let us be your travel planning partner. Connect with us at denisontravel.com and don't forget to follow us on social. Mm -hmm.